We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. Now, John, were you aware that both your running backs share the same likeness as a former popular Nickelodeon show? I, I'm really not sure what you're getting at, so, so no, I was not aware. Drake and Josh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's all, that's all <laughs> I, I get. That's I all it. I get. I got it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have a Raiders backfield and a Nickelodeon show. I mean, goodness, John. I mean, John, you're hard I, man. To if please. I remembered the theme song, I'd start singing it for you. <laughs> uh, but of course, you do not see Mr. Brad Stradamus. You do not see the doc, which that's a good thing, I guess. So we had to bring in two guys to fill some shoes here. And the first guy I want to bring in here, we welcome in a man that you could call a saint. Whether that's his fandom or just the type of guy he is. He's a writer and videographer for DLF, a part of the Dynasty Vipers, and most importantly, a father of four. This baseball coach is a master host, a team-by-team series stud, and had these and has the best green screen action in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing a man whose Twitter handle is after one of my favorite comics of all time, it is Cal, a.k.a. Mr. Calvin and Hobby. And wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Calvin! There we go. How's it going, man? <laughs> Man, I'm I'm doing great. I'm excited to be have a chance to be on with you guys. I will just flip it right back around and say, dude, I I so appreciate everything that you do. The best intros in the business. Great host. And Johnny, I haven't had a chance to uh, to be on with you yet, but looking forward to it. Cal, man, yes, I've long respected everything you do. You're one of my favorite guys in the industry, and it's, it's definitely honors, definitely ours. And I'm pumped to be talking about a great subject. But you didn't come alone tonight, mm-hmm. and I got to introduce this guy because he's also another important guest. We welcome in a man that, let's be honest, this guy stacks Excel spreadsheets better than you stack your bills. He's a writer and developer for DLF and DLF TV, where the man does fire YouTube content, talks about drafting Miles Gaskin, and rocks the black DLF hat better than anyone on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, he's bringing in the facts that stats don't lie, but people do. It is Mr. Addison Hayes. (laughs) In the building. Oh yeah! What's up, man? Wow, that was awesome. I need to step up my introduction game. Holy crap, man! (laughs) Right? He's the best. He really is. He's so good at those. 
Good job. Cal, I'm ready for you to do that uh, tomorrow night with Tyler. Do that to Carp. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. No, I mean, That's you awesome. guys are both awesome. Both do awesome stuff at DLF. And I, before we get started in all the stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight, I want you guys, I, I kind of give a brief little thing of what you guys do, but please like take the floor. Cal, go ahead and start everything that you do for DLF, the Vipers, and all that other stuff. Every now and then I write things. You can check those out on uh, the my profile, my writer profile on DLF. Um, I host a show on Tuesday nights with Tyler Carp. We do a two to four hour show, depending on how many questions come in. We just answer dynasty questions for as long as they come in, sometimes all four hours. And we have to, you know, StreamYard just shuts us off. But it's a lot of fun. We, we yeah, it, there's a lot of action that goes on. Great chat room. Uh, and then on with Dynasty Vipers, which is really cool, actually, after this, we're going to have on the fantasy guru, John Hansen, one of the all-time greats in this industry, one of the pioneers. We're going to be interviewing him. And actually, all offseason, we've been interviewing some just incredible people. You got to go back and check those out. If, you, if, you, if you're interested in the fantasy industry or the history of it, we've, been, we've had, we had Bob Harris and just some... Uh, you name them in the fantasy industry, we've had them in there. And it's been awesome, so... Yeah, your Behind the Grind series is some of the best stuff in the Twitterverse, honestly. You guys get the best guests with that, and uh, you guys go deep into stuff that they don't normally talk about. So it's like must-watch Twitter TV. If, I don't know if that's a thing, Twitter TV, streaming, whatever sure. it's called. But you guys do an awesome job. And also, again, need to mention the best green screen stuff in the game. I need to learn from you with that. Addison, what about you, man? I know you also work at DLF. I'm not as familiar with you uh, as I am with Cal, but I was kind of catching up stalking you a little bit just to learn a little bit about you and uh you're the real deal man so i'm 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 pumped that i know more of you now and i'm going to continue to learn more about you uh but tell us a little bit more uh to the audience in case they don't know you sure yeah i mean um like you said writer developer not really much a writer um although i might get into it here a little bit more when the actual season kicks in but the dlf apps uh and stuff like that uh, i do uh, a good amount of work on those ones uh but then the the DLF YouTube channel is is kind of my baby, and I'm glad that Cal hopped on uh, to help contribute to that one. But we're pumping out content, you know, almost on the daily. It might actually get to daily, like Saturday to Sunday, um, once we get into the actual season. But we've been we've been on a grind, and that has been um, such a fun, fantastic personal like journey for me to like really grow as a YouTuber. I guess like this whole this whole setup here was like funded by by youtube success and stuff like that that we've already had a little bit on the channel but cal you kind of help pay for all this stuff back here too but yeah this is a dj Moore jersey right here um mm -hmm. i know we saw a comment in there that deandre swift one is new uh but yeah but thank you guys for for having me on and having cal on i'm excited to do this again dream team right here and you guys got a great setup and honestly like uh, I might have to take some notes from your YouTube game. I saw again some of the videos. It's clean. It looks like this is a guy that should have like 30,000, 40,000 plus subscribers with, with the way that you do the edits. You have things pop up on screen. So uh, I'm probably getting out my notepad and taking some lessons from you at some point, <laughs> maybe in the DMs or something like that. But uh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, we got a great show and we got some people popping in the comments. Our guy Jordan Vanix here. Of course, Toby D2 Fantasy does some incredible graphics, including the one that you guys have behind you that I'll pop up on screen for those that they can't see it. Uh, he's honestly not that one. Whoops, not that one. There we go. This one. He honestly mm. does some of the best graphics in the game. So, uh, but as you can see on screen, we've got a great show. We're talking about tight ends 
And who doesn't love talking about tight ends, honestly? So it's tight end rankings debates, officially debate season as we get ready to go into the season. So that means we're going to disagree and we're going to make lists, which is the two best parts of fantasy, I think. So before the season gets upon us, let's talk about our number one tight ends. So tight ends one through 12, and we're going to defend our takes, obviously point out flaws in others. And we know that the tight end position is very hard to predict and very hard to uh, kind of talk about. So hopefully with this awesome panel right here, they're going to make it easier for you. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. After we'll go to our question of the week, which NFL player would be best at flipping to the other side of the ball? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, before we get into some tight end talk, we do have to visit some news and notes here. Not too many, but we have to dive in just for the people here. So starting off, week two of the preseason is concluding tonight with the Saints and Jaguars playing. So we have the other 30 teams in the books here. So I want to start with you, Addison. Who or what has stood out to you in week two of the preseason that the people need to know? Well, um, well, I'll let you know that I literally right before I jumped on here, I am editing a YouTube video for my week two preseason kind of highs and lows uh, players that really stuck out to me that were both bad and good. Uh, so a little bit, both of that. Um, I mean, should I, should I talk about miles Gaskin? I mean, that I, you have to, I feel like at this point, <laughs> that was, that was the guy. I mean, everybody wanted to talk about how much of a committee that he was in. He's losing touches to Malcolm Brown. Salvin Ahmed isn't going away and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, like, you know, trust in the talent that Miles Gaskin has compared to the other two, which I'm not even, I wasn't even saying that Miles Gaskin is like, you know, Dalvin Cook or something like that. But like the talent difference between Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown is probably equivalent to like Christian McCaffrey and, you know, whoever, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, even Mike <laughs> Davis. Like, that's like, that is horrendously bad to think that you know Malcolm Brown is going to be the reason that Miles Gaskin's not going to do well. And we already saw it there in week two after nine carries for eight yards that Malcolm Brown had in week one. He played five starter snaps, five with Tua Tunga Viola. Miles Gaskin took the majority of it and he ran away with it. He had over, you know, 70 or 80 total yards, four receptions, two total touchdowns, including a goal line touchdown which is going to be fantastic. And as long as Miles Gaskin can receive that volume work uh, in the receiving game, then all that other rushing stuff is just kind of going to be cake. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for Miles Gaskin. And I was eating up the ADP drop after week one because he dropped like two or three rounds. And it was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, Miles Gaskin for sure. Yeah, and any of you Malcolm Brown guys, like, yeah, go ahead and take a seat. I mean, let's, let's be real. Come on. He's 
Obviously going to have some work in that backfield, but Miles Gaskin showed he was a workhorse last year. He showed he can be great in the receiving game, in the running game. He's going to get a lot of touches. Great fifth, sixth round value. And like you mentioned, as and he was dropping. He was I saw him on so many uh, whose stock is following Miles Gaskin things all, all out there. And he should be somebody that's going to be a great value as you can get as your RB2 or a flex. Uh, I mean, go yeah, a lot of people keep sleeping on him right now. I, th- I think that's an honestly... Uh, it's going to be great. Week one, people will be woke if they're not already now. So, Calvin, what about you? I can't believe all those people talking about, you know, how Malcolm Brown could affect Miles Gaskin, like me and like Matt Waldman and you know, Brian <laughs> Flores, of all people. Like, you know, gosh, how how dare Brian Flores talk about Malcolm Brown eating into Miles Gaskin's workload like that? Um, yeah, I, I, that's, that is something I've actually thought was going to be a problem since he signed there because for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and I get it, Nine carries, eight yards. The Dolphins aren't surprised by the amount by, by what he did, or they shouldn't be. I assume they've seen him play football before, but for whatever reason, Malcolm Brown is always a problem in every backfield. He's always a nuisance. He always limits the upside of the guy that he's there with, and I'm afraid that's going to happen with Miles Gaskin as well. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me, like I, I'll just uh, add one more in: Corey Davis. Corey Davis looked phenomenal, and he, you know, was one of those guys that was disappointing for a couple of years. Broke out in year four, and we didn't know exactly what to think when he signed with the Jets, and he's got Zach Wilson throwing to him. But he has looked phenomenal. He's looked every bit the part of an alpha receiver that they need there. Zach Wilson looking good, too. So, yeah, Corey Davis stuck out to me as a guy that I'm looking at as a as he could be a real steal this season. I, I think so. I mean, everybody. I think the Elijah Moore train was very much a thing. Uh, he did get hurt. And people are still talking him up, but Corey Davis still does seem safe to be the number one pass catcher in New York. Take that as you will, but where he's going right now, it's a pretty good value and you can get Corey Davis, maybe have him as a flex option, or you have him as your first or second receiver off the bench as for depth. I think he's obviously a lot more people are going to be on him after what they saw this past week, but I think that's a great call. Corey Davis does need to be valued a lot more than he has been most of this off season. Johnny, was there somebody who stuck out for you? Uh David, I say it every week during the preseason. Nobody ever sticks out for me in the preseason. I don't want a third string running back to make me think he's going to be good in the preseason. It's not worth it. It's not fun. And for example, Nathan Peterman threw a game winning touchdown to Marcel Aitman and neither of them are going to sniff the field. So don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah. Anytime we can get a Peterman and Aitman reference on here, we're doing something (laughs) right. I like all the takes you guys had. Let's move to some other news and notes here starting with the Panthers close to an extension with Robbie Anderson, whose two-year contract could uh, could soon turn into a larger deal, longer-term deal here, as the sides are deep in extension talk. So I'm curious, are you guys worried about your Terrence Marshall shares at all? Because DJ Moore is young. He's still got a couple more years on his deal. Robbie Anderson signed to extension. What are you doing if you have Terrence Marshall in any type of – or Terrence Marshall in any type of dynasty league, Cal? I'm not really doing anything with him. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be pretty good. He's a guy that you're getting in the second round of dynasty drafts. I mean, that's a guy that I think is going to provide a lot of value for where you were drafting him, regardless of what happens with Robbie Anderson. And to be honest, like if look, Robbie Anderson had a great year last year in that offense, but if Robbie Anderson is the reason why he doesn't become something great, then Terrace Marshall probably wasn't very good to begin with. And I like Robbie Anderson, but if I believe in Ter- Terrace Marshall, which I do, I, I don't think that's going to be an obstacle. That'll be depth. They, the three three receivers in that offense, if you know, if they don't have a tight end that's going to be producing, I think it's going to be fine. So Joe Brady does a good job there. He's familiar with Terrace Marshall. I expect him to be a part of the game plan. 
And yeah, I think it's a good, really good dynasty play for sure. All right. I like it. Asin, you agree? If you have Terrace Marshall, are you not concerned with this contract extension? It's just kind of a eh thing for you. I mean, I think if you have Terrace Marshall, you invested knowing that, you know, Robbie Anderson was going to be um, somewhat of a hurdle, not, you know, the the height of the hurdle was kind of dependent on who you talk to, but you knew that he had to get over that at least initially. But then I think that he still has some other challenges in his way. And I think that this, you know, extension talk and, and possible extension uh, could just ultimately, he might still be fine, but I think this kind of limits his ceiling. A lot of people saw Terrace Marshall as more of a prototypical alpha wide receiver in a wide receiver class that kind of lacked that overall, mm-hmm. just in terms of size and speed. Uh, and so he he kind of was an interesting receiver to follow in the draft. But in terms of his future, I mean, if he's competing for targets, not, not just with Robbie Anderson, but, you know, like you mentioned, DJ Moore as well, who I think will be the established wide receiver one if they pick up his fifth-year option next year or eventually give him a long-term deal as well. I think that's very much in the cards, and they absolutely should do that. But then there's also Christian McCaffrey, who's going to have you know, 100, 120 targets every single year as long as he's healthy for the next three, four years. So you know, when we're talking about the target totem pole, Marshall might be able to pass Robbie Anderson within a year, a year and a half, but then he still has to compete with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. So, and then the quarterback situation's rough, right? Like, I don't trust Sam Darnold to do that and, and you know, make two, three pass catchers fantasy relevant. I, you know, Dak Prescott can absolutely do that, but Sam Darnold, I don't know if Sam Darnold can do that. Then we're talking about a rookie quarterback, and, uh, you know, it could get dicey over the next year or two for, for Terrace Marshall. And he could be a guy that, you know, if I, and, and again, I don't think that Terrace Marshall owners, are going to like shy away from that or be worried about that. Uh, I think they knew kind of what they were getting into and they believe in him. And uh, so I, I am just kind of curious to see like where his value just kind of goes from here for the next couple of years, because he could just kind of be riding this like really hopeful Michael Gallup kind of tier as like a wide receiver 50. And you're like, you know, this is the year. Maybe if he gets an injury, Maybe I'm waiting until he gets traded or fourth year he signs somewhere else. That might be Terrace Marshall's future path on this Panthers team. That hit hard. The Michael Gallup comparison, the talented <laughs> mm-hmm. wide receiver, that's the number three option. You're just waiting for him to become a number two on a really good team. And just mm-hmm. that FOMO, you're like, oh, God, like if, if he could just get traded and be a, you know, be a, a better option. And also, we don't know how Darnold's going to be yet either. So that's also going to be it's, a question. The contract too. talks the start of a, a dynasty with Darnold and Robbie Anderson. It's going to be, you know, they were so good together on the Jets. I mean, that team won so many things. So it'll be great. Why not do it again somewhere else? <laughs> uh, that's right. That's a good point. Johnny, I want to get your thoughts real quick. Jameis Winston starting preseason week two tonight for the Saints. Is this something or nothing? It better be something. I mean, I, I see a lot of Taysom Hill talk in the comments as jokingly as tight end number one, but they, they should do that. They should start Jameis and then move him back to tight end. How But you love Taysom Hill. I know he's such a young gun, you know, he's like just out of school. He's like 42. Like he's <laughs> already like already halfway to retirement age. He might be able to get social security soon. Like it's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. We'll keep an eye on that saints quarterback battle, which I'm sure won't be announced right till right before the season. And just last little bit here, quarterback Dak Prescott has had absolutely no setbacks in his recovery and remains on course to play in the season opener on September 9th, which is great news for 
Zeke owners, for CD Lamb owners, especially the CD Lamb owners who are taking him now in the third round. Amari Cooper, obviously everybody's going to benefit with Dak there. So uh, right now you should feel good. We'll see if anything changes. But I'll tell you what's not going to change. That's the content of Triple Play Fantasy, and it's going to stay fire, I promise you. And if you want to check out all the great things going on in the Triple Play Fantasy Network, you can check out our baseball and basketball podcast. Also check out the Super Fantasy Bros, Between the Seams with Marty and Mac, the Tripwire, all those great podcasts. But if you like the shorter content, we've got the Coach's Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes, and much more all on our YouTube channel, which I'm going to make better after I talk to Addison. But if writing's more your style, you can go to tripplayfantasy.com where you'll see tons of great articles from all our talented writers. And of course, stay in the know by going on our social media at tripplayfantasy. Remember, if you're looking for a podcast, it's like the Robert Downey Jr. role in Iron Man, which means it's one of the best of all time, and that's no cap. Look no further than Trip Play Fantasy, because I'm telling you, it just might change your life and give you that same award-winning satisfaction. So if you're watching the live version, we're not going to go anywhere. But if you're on the podcast version, we got to pay our bills. So we'll jump into our tight end rankings debates right after this quick break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back. So tight end rankings debates. Obviously, we've built it up long enough. Let's dive in. I'm just going to leave you guys with this before we get started in here. 31% of tight end touchdowns were scored in the red zone last year, which is actually the most in the last decade. So will this be something that we'll see going forward, or is this an outlier? You also have the differences in tight end not being as as much as you think. The differences between tight end three and tight end six last year was six PPR points total. The difference between tight end eight and tight end 12 was four PPR points total. And the difference between tight end 12 to 16 was five PPR points total. So there's not much of a gap between there's absolutely nothing. Clusters. <laughs> it's clusters. So you saying the tight end eight is going to be there and tight end 12 is going to be here. It literally might be four or five points. So um, I don't think it's, it's too crazy. If you have a guy four spots higher, if you don't think it's gonna be that much of a difference in production there. So as I always do, if you watch us on YouTube, you can see these great graphics I made, but uh, if you're on the podcast version, we will bring up some of these, these uh, notes here. So I have my tight end rankings on screen. As you can see with mine, we're going to have the top three. All of us have the same exact top three between Cal, myself, uh, Addison, and John, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle. Kyle Pitts, most of us have it four. Actually, I think we all might have it four. Kyle Pitts, Addison is four. Uh, John has Kyle Pitts at four. Hey, we all have Kyle Pitts at four, so we're all on the same page there. Lots the, of debate. Lots the of big, debate. The first thing I'm going to talk about here that I do know is I have TJ Ockerson at five. Johnny, you have TJ Hawkinson, I believe, also uh, at five. But, Cal, you have him at nine. So I, the people need to know. I think you're one of the lower people I've seen on TJ Hawkinson. Nine? What? Yeah. Cal, well, nine. Go ahead, and the floor is yours. Why, why is TJ Hawkinson so low for you? All right, so we already talked about how small the margin of error is in, in this, right? So, I mean, like, we're talking about a cluster of people. And so if I'm picking between a cluster of tight ends that are in that range – I don't want the one that's on the worst offense, right? So, like, Detroit is not going to be very good. I don't really think Jared Goff is going to be great. We talk about, like, oh, he's he's one of the few that are in that offense, but it's not like he had a ton of competition last year, right? Like, 
Danny Amendola was one of the top target getters in that offense last year. It's not like the the options are going to be that much different, you know, that much worse this year. It might be better. Um, I, here, okay, 101 targets last year, which is great. Mm-hmm. He didn't see a lot of that out of the slot, which is what you, I typically like to see when I'm thinking about somebody that they're trying to get the ball to. So 13th total in terms of tight ends in the slot. 12th in route participation, 8th in routes run, 16th in deep targets. But my main point is, like, there wasn't a lot that was there that makes him profile look like a top five tight end to me. He looks like somebody who is more of a mid-tier type tight end. There's a lot of other guys that that I have ahead of him that I just think, in terms of their role in the offense, in terms of what they can provide, they're going to be better. Now, do I think they're a lot better? No, again, this is a cluster, and this is one of those where I think it's close. I'd have them in a pretty similar tier, but I think especially when you factor in what you have to pay to get him, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting any TJ Hawkinson this year at all. So you're out on TJ Hawkinson. I want to pull up Addison's rankings here because we're we're on the same page. I believe uh, Johnny is as well. We have him at five. So obviously, again, it could be that couple point differential, but Addison, I'm going to leave you the floor. Why do you think you should draft him no lower than five well because he's gonna have like 140 targets (laughs) (laughs) cow you can't you can't honestly sit there and tell me that he's not like the best pass catcher on this team or you know it's him and deandre swift right am i right i'm not crazy you're missing the coolest name of the the pass catchers over there i'm on ross Ross st brown or whatever oh man they better force speed him just so i hear announcers repeat that name over and over again (laughs) But like, but TJ Hawkinson like could realistically have like a Darren Waller type of a season, in my opinion, mm. just because he's kind of like the only weapon there. I think Jared Goff is going to come in and he can really trust, you know, one guy, one or two guys. And I think that's going to be TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. All the Lions wide receivers the past like two weeks have either been injured or on the COVID reserve or all this other stuff. So, you know, Jared Goff has had a lot of time to get very acclimated with tj hawkinson uh in the training camp and stuff so i mean i honestly uh, 140 might be really high but like 115 120 targets if he's at that point at the end of the year there's literally no way he's not at least a top five tight end and honestly i think tj hawkinson could be a lot closer to guys like george kittle uh and maybe even like kyle pitts if kyle pitts hits his ceiling then he is you know mark andrews noah fant Logan Thomas, all those other guys. And I think he could kind of be in a tier of himself at, you know, in that top five spot. And he already was a top five tight end last year, if I'm not mistaken. If he was tight end six, he was basically tight end three, Mm -hmm. just from what David was saying. So um, it was, you know, he was already up there last year. And if the only things that changed from last year to this year is we're expecting George Kittle to stay healthy and we're expecting Kyle Pitts to have a pretty solid rookie season, then, you know, he's, he's going to be back up there again anyway. So I, I'm really I'm really on board with TJ Hawkinson. He's probably one of my most owned tight ends in best ball just because I personally think the fifth-round price is kind of cheap for him because I can go two running backs, two wide receivers, grab Kyle Pitts, and then fill out the rest of my roster, and I'm good to go. And I don't got to worry about all the other tight ends and stuff down there that I view more as streamable guys versus Hawkinson as like an every-week kind of person. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think obviously the targets are going to be there. There's not a lot of 
proven options in this offense. They're also going to have probably a lot of negative game scripts where they're going to have to throw the ball to catch up. So I think the recipe is there for Hawk to be a top five tight end next year. That's where I'm siding a little bit more in this particular case. But I want to slide over to a different tight end here. And if you look at my list, I have him as tight end number nine. And I believe this was actually not updated to what I actually put because I actually I dropped him. It should say Logan Thomas at number nine. Uh, in Dallas, oh, David, oh, pulling a me. Oh, a transcription error. When no, I, I forgot to switch it totally. on there. Now, John, does, uh, Cal does not have Goddard on his list. John, you have Goddard nowhere either. And so, uh, as you were the only one that has Dallas or should have Dallas Goddard in their top 12. Now, the only thing that I'm going to argue with you here is you look last year, the Eagles, as far as target percentage to the tight end. Uh, the tight ends had 30.2% of the targets, which was second in the NFL all of last year. You bring in uh, you bring in the rookie, Devonta Smith. You have hopefully the the better play this year of Jalen Rager in his second year. You still have the question mark of Jalen Hurts. Is he a good NFL? He's a great fantasy quarterback, but is he an accurate enough NFL quarterback to get you the ball? And you have Zach Ertz still there on the roster that's going to eat up some tight end targets. Are you confident he could? That's that's why I like originally put him there and I made the change and forgot to switch it but since you're the only one that still has him in your top 12 can you explain why you still feel confident he will be a tight end one dang i wasn't expecting to come in here and have to defend dallas goddard (laughs) 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 Um, i I looked at the differences that's why i was like all right that's the only one of the few i can find there yeah um well i mean i guess like this is really going to be a question because if you notice and you look on mine, like I don't have Johnny Smith on my top 12, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's, there's a couple other guys you could talk about like Irv Smith or Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, guys like that who could kind of come in and replace Dallas Goddard. Um, and to me, they're just all kind of the same person. So I guess I just gave Dallas Goddard the benefit of the doubt and thought if there was, you know, a clearer path for any of those guys, I would think that it would eventually get, like Dallas Goddard has the easiest of them, you know, be, between the other ones. Like I think Mike Kosicki has a little bit more competition. They also have an Alabama rookie wide receiver. They have, you know, Devontae Parker. They added Will Fuller, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin out of the backfield. When you're talking about comparing Goddard versus Gesicki, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, I think kind of cannibalize each other. Not to mention, I also think that, you know, they added uh, Nelson Aguilar. I'm really high on Jacoby Myers as well. And Cam Newton slash Mac Jones are also, kind of semi question marks in terms of throwing the ball. Um, and then the only other one on that list, I guess, was Irv Smith, who hasn't done it yet, and but we've kind of been projecting him to do it. Um, but he still has to have competition with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. So I guess to me, <laughs> this is so weird. I have to, I have to defend Dallas <laughs> Goddard. But I guess to me, if you're between him and all those other guys that could have been there at tight end 12 for me, I think Goddard has the clear path to a potential breakout. Um, and I mean, if if Zach Ertz were to end up being traded, I, I think that possibility is like in the single digit percentages at this point now, mm-hmm. just because of how integrated Zach Ertz has been all preseason and in training camp. But like if that were to happen or Zach Ertz were to get hurt, then like Dallas Goddard is for sure a tight end one, um, even in an offense with Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager and the, um, a question mark at quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So I guess that's why. <laughs> well, let me bring this up because he is one of the cover boys. So we do have to talk about him. And and you were seemed very against it. So I have to play this drop here. It's time to do, 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 
So you're out. David, your after mind. we get five copyright emails, <laughs> you go and play some Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe Yu-Gi-Oh won't get us copyrighted. Who knows? I am very high on Johnny Smith. I have him as tight end seven. Mm. Cal has Johnny Smith as tight end 11. And Johnny, you have him as tight end nine. So we're all kind of in that range. You don't have him there. Cal, why do you have Johnny Smith in your top 12? If I'll add on, obviously, uh, you know, for anything that you don't add that I want to add in that, to that conversation. Because I do think with Hunter Henry and his injury history, who literally I think he just there's something that he got hurt again today or mm-hmm. something like that. I think he will be the tight end, the, the healthy tight end there, judging from Hunter Henry's track record. And he's arguably the most athletic tight end. And if Cam Newton's the quarterback, he seemed to like to throw to his tight ends going back to the Greg Olson days. So I think he will be used. He can get uh, carries in the goal line. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take your thunder. Go ahead, Cal. You can take the floor, and then I will add anything else that you might have not said. Yeah, all those things sound good. I think the biggest thing that he needs is he needs opportunity, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's what we're projecting when he's in New England is opportunity. He only had 65 targets last year. If we can get that number up to 100, or somewhere close to that range, Johnny was going to be a star. And, and my 11 is probably too low. He was six in fantasy points per route last year. He was third in fantasy points per target. Like he actually was really good with it once the ball was in his hands, all those things. It just, is he going to be able to earn those targets? And that's, you know, going back to Addison, you know, our, our boy P Howdy, you know, targets Howdy. Just vacated and we, you know, we could just pencil him in somewhere else. We got to be, you gotta be earned if John can earn those targets and get where he's one of the top two to three weapons in that offense, which is possible there, then yeah. Like if he has the same level of efficiency, he's going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, I think everything that I would say you had said again, I think the the talent will really show out this year. If he gets the targets there, uh, Johnny, I want to go to yours real quick. And I want to pull up, you have Robert Tunyon, I think the highest out of most of us. You have him at seven. That's why I made yours green for Packers green here. I don't know if you guys knew that. I color-coded it to something that was different about your rankings here. Big so. Packers fan and Rodgers believer over here, totally. Apparently, yeah. So is there a reason? I mean, obviously, he had incredible amount of touchdowns for the little amount of receptions he had. So that's not something you'd expect to continue. And that's, but- and that's the name of the game, though, especially when you said it when four PPR points is the difference one extra touchdown can really jump him from 12 to seven. So if he's good in the red zone and if Aaron Rodgers loves him as a red zone target, then that's a good thing in my book, not a, Oh, I don't think he can repeat it. I, you look at history and the history shows he gets some touchdowns. He had a fantastic year last year. Uh, once he started getting the playing time. So I think that's, that's really what motivated me. There was once he started getting on the field, he was fantastic. So I'll kind of, this is an open question for you guys. Rogers threw the ball a lot in the red zone last year and Aaron Jones kind of suffered that after his incredible touchdown season, the year before that, he kind of regressed some a little bit. Do you think that goes back to a little bit more when they get in close, they might run the ball with Aaron Jones more instead of an AJ Dillon, instead of throwing on three straight downs, trying to get it to Devonte Adams or Robert Tunyon getting, you know, double digit touchdowns. Do you think that regresses some and that hurts the value of Tunyon? I kind of don't care what the play is called in the huddle. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to change it to a pass regardless Um, because I think he, this is his last dance and he's going to try to go out on top here. And you know, like, but the the thing is the reason why I don't have him in my top 12 is that is an unreal amount of efficiency. 11, 11 touchdowns on 59 targets and 52 receptions is just, 
insane. That's not happening again. I don't care how good you know Aaron Rodgers is. I just don't see him repeating that. If he does and I miss out on it, okay, I can live with that. But that is just betting on him to repeat that, I think, is where we go wrong sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, at this point, people will he gets ranked like he did last year, but before that he was an undrafted player. So mm-hmm. uh, there's always going to be those types of guys. And then you'll draft him higher and then he won't perform. You'll drop him mid season. I think Tyler Higby is another example of a guy that mm-hmm. he had a great season, great end to the year. He was drafted as like a, the tight end six, seven in a lot of leagues and basically did nothing for you most of the year and was dropped. And this could be another example of that. The one last guy I want to bring up here, and then I'm going to kind of open the floor for one last thing after that is the other cover boy I have on this page, and that's Logan Thomas. And Logan Thomas, it's been kind of interesting this offseason because I feel like everybody was killing his value. He was, you know, tight end 15, 16. I saw a lot of a lot of disrespectful thing to Logan Thomas, and I'm one of them. I'm not above the, I'm not above it. I definitely had him a lot lower uh, earlier this offseason, but recently he's kind of had his value go up a little bit more. Now he's creeping in. I've heard some people mention him as high as like six or seven. Uh, I think Matthew Barry even said that today that he was going to maybe put him as is like sixth ranked tight end. I have I amending mine. I have him as tight end nine. Cal, you have him as five. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to obviously let you take the floor for that. <laughs> and then John, you have him at eight. And then uh, Addison, you have him at nine. So Cal, why are you so high on Logan Thomas? Okay, I'm gonna try and go fast with this because I have a lot of Logan Th- Logan Thomas thoughts. <laughs> which, <laughs> but uh, so first of all, if we want to compare anybody to Darren Waller, let's compare Logan Thomas to Darren Waller because he broke out later in his career. Last year, we were sure that it was going to be a one-year thing with Darren Waller because the Raiders went out. They got they got Henry Ruggs, they got Brian Edwards, they brought in all these pieces, and they were going to compete. Now he wasn't going to be the guy getting the targets. And we're doing it again now with Logan Thomas because they brought in Curtis Samuel and they brought in Diami Brown. But there is nothing to suggest that Logan Thomas is not going to be able to repeat those 110 targets that he got last year. No one saw the field more than he did as far as the tight end last year. One in snap share. Number one in slot snaps. Number one in routes run. Number one in route participation. Third in targets. Third in receptions. Like this, this guy was the real deal. And we're discounting him just because we didn't see it coming. And it's not some unreal, like, you know, he happened to catch 11 touchdowns like Robert Tanyan. He was involved in the offense all the way. We've seen it already in the preseason. To me, there's just no reason to think that this guy's anything less than a top five tight end. I'll take him over TJ Hawkinson that we talked about earlier, nine times out of 10. And I, I yeah, I, I really like what Logan Thomas is doing. So if I were to and he's going to have a two-legged quarterback this year. Well, I was going to say, if I were to combat you and say, like what John was saying, you have Alex Smith last year who basically throws to his running backs and his tight ends more than most quarterbacks do. And you have Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in who, you know, he just likes to smash the X button to his X wide receiver. And he's a wide receiver type of quarterback. That's the, that's what people kind of play him up to be. Does that concern you at all? that he's not a, a check it down to the tight end type of guy. He likes to make his makes his wide receivers make plays. Does that concern you? No, because I think you're going to have Logan Thomas running a lot of routes. And I, and I, it just depends on if you think that targets are come from what a quarterback likes to do or what an offense likes to do. Ron Rivera, you know, you talked about Greg Olson earlier, or I think we mentioned Greg Olson earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's Ron Rivera was the coach there. Scott Turner was there. We've got, you know, a lot of history with, with tight ends in terms of the system itself. Ryan Patrick is the one coming into that. 
not creating the system himself. Like he's not given like Tom Brady being given the keys to create his own offense. Uh, he's coming into the offense. He's going to run it. And I look, yes, Terry McLaurin, I'm big on him too. He's going to have a great, a great mm-hmm. season. But if Logan Thomas is out there winning and, and look, his separation, the, the, like the metrics in terms of what he's doing once he is running those routes, he's earning those targets. I don't see any reason to think Ryan Fitzpatrick an upgrade at quarterback, as opposed to TJ Hawkinson getting a downgrade at court at, at quarterback. No reason to think he's not going to continue to do well, maybe better. No, I, I, I can definitely see what you're saying there. I, I don't disagree. Uh, and then I guess why his, his ADP has been rising a little bit and he's getting a lot more respect. So uh, luckily we'll see how it plays out in that offense. I think everybody's excited about what Washington's going to bring with Antonio Gibson, with Logan Thomas, with obviously uh, Terry McLaurin that I, I'm extremely high on McLaurin as well. So we'll, we'll see if that offense can support all these guys that we, we expect to produce. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with that. The last thing I want to talk about real quick, and I'll give you guys each 60 seconds here. And starting with Addison, who that is not on your top 12 list do you think could firmly be in the top 12 when the season's all said and done? And I know this is a, I did not give you guys this in the script. I think the best things like this are done straight from the gut. Who do you think it is, Addison? I mean, is it Johnu for me? He's not in my top 12, but he's in all y'alls. Um, <laughs> that, I guess that could be it. Um, I'll, I'll throw out, a, I'll throw out a different one though, because. Um, I do think that <laughs> I feel like this is going to be cows, but Adam Troutman, I think has a pretty good yeah. opportunity to reach into the top 12, just based on like pure volume alone. Now he hasn't really been getting the opportunity in preseason. He's been used as a blocker a lot, which is like super unfortunate. Um, but I think that if, you know, the ball starts to roll his way a little bit, you know, with the, you know, the issues at wide receiver, and not really having a whole lot of weapons. If they realize what they have in Adam Troutman, who they just drafted in the third round, you know, two years ago, then I think he has an opportunity to sneak into the top 12. If some of the other stuff, like maybe Tyler Higby doesn't get the volume, maybe Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith do cannibalize each other. Mike Kosicki has a rough route. Dallas Goddard has a rough route. You know, Troutman could be the guy that kind of sneaks in here. And I don't want to say has like a Logan Thomas type season, kind of out of nowhere but you know he could kind of have just sneaky kind of 80 targets and that gets his way as a borderline top 10 top 12 tight end i think troutman has been if you make a if you follow sleeper tight end in the dictionary for this season, i think he's the guy that's popped up the most more than any other player he's been hyped up a lot and for good reason i feel like if you look outside alvin Kamara with michael thomas sideline who's the, i mean marquis i know uh callaway's been brought up a lot but I mean, why can it not be Troutman? Obviously, you know, he's there's not a lot of weapons in that offense that he has to play behind. So you expect him to be on the field a lot. He's a great blocker. So he is going to be on the field a lot. Uh, I like that call there, Addison. Now, Cal, you shook your head. Are you you're not on the Adam Troutman? And that's your team. So maybe have some information that we don't know. No, it's just I, I, it's hard. You know, he's got like less than 200 receiving yards in his career. It's hard to <laughs> project him as somebody that's going to be that great. And again, I don't think just because nobody else that we know of is there or that we think is going to get targets is there, it means that Troutman's going to get them. I think he's got to go out and prove that he's capable of earning those targets and continuing to be fed those targets. And I don't think he's done that yet. He's had an opportunity to do that in training camp and in preseason. He hasn't done that. So, you know, I don't know why that would all of a sudden change in preseason. I I get it. A lot of people are excited about him, but I don't know that he's ready yet. And I think actually the one that 
The one here in New Orleans that's getting a lot of hype as a tight end is Jawan Johnson, who's making the mm. change from wide receiver to tight end. Tight end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he can actually catch passes and not drop them all the time. But you know. <laughs> sorry, that's I a- have some pent up Penn State anger against Jawan Johnson from some nice. situations. But uh, he won. He helped win us the Iowa game. So I guess I'll give him that. But <laughs> Jawan Johnson is a, a trigger think- word for Adam. The one that I think was the top 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Jordan Akins. That's I know that's gonna sound crazy. Woo! Jordan Akins. <laughs> David Coley, the new tight end, uh, the new uh, head coach for the um, Texans, Houston Texans. We know he was with the Ravens last year, but did you guys know he was with the Buffalo Bills before that as a QB coach when Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback in this season in 2018 when Charles Clay was second on the team in targets. There so I think that is, you know, Jordan Akins was already somebody who um, last year had a surprising, it was surprising that he was actually re- pretty good in certain stretches. And when you look into him and you look into the history between Tyrod and David Culley, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing his name more. Obviously, I don't have him in my top 12, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him bump up there. A Jordan Aikens reference. Oh, yeah. That's what we needed right now. That's what we needed. Uh, Johnny, do you have one that you want to bring up? Um, I guess Gronk slash OJ Howard. I'll take credit for either one if uh, <laughs> one of them gets hurt and the other one does well. So sort of hedge my bets there. I get two. You guys only get to choose one. <laughs> That's. I mean, we did talk about Jawan uh, Johnson and uh adam troutman so i guess it's kind of the same in that (laughs) sense too so but no i mean obviously a bucks tight end could emerge especially if one of them goes down so you'll just say you pick the right one whichever one that is so yeah that's why i always rank players like that next to each other uh johnny and hunter henry were ranked next to each other so you're right that is true you did rank johnny nine (laughs) there you go hedging your bets there but all right great tight end discussion but we got a couple more segments we want to get through here starting with the question of the week and our question of the week, don't worry, John, I cut it off before we got copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use that code. So our question this week, and I will say that actually I saw this one get put out on Twitter because I was struggling thinking of one and I totally should have put who uh, put this out there. I think it was Jeff Bell. I'm almost like 100% sure it was Jeff Bell. So I want to give him credit for that. Uh, Which NFL player would be best at flipping on the other side of the ball? So a wide receiver, you think that could turn into a cornerback, a corner that could turn into a wide receiver, uh, whatever Mm -hmm. you feel like, as long as you have good reasoning behind it, like in in school, then we'll accept it. So Cal, why don't we start with you? Who's the player that came to mind for you? I'm maybe it's because we were already talking about tight ends, but you know, we I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper here. I'm gonna say Mo Alley Cox. And a lot of it is because he's a great at he's 6'4, 262. I think you line that guy up at defensive end. He's got the <laughs> longest arms you've ever seen. Like we like there was that post where Kyle Pitts was like, Oh, the longest wingspan, and, and Indianapolis would like, no, he doesn't have the <laughs> longest wingspan. <laughs> Two, it's like two feet further than even Kyle Pitts's wingspan is Mo Ali Cox. His his arm length is thirty five and seven eighths. It's like 90, 99th, hundredth percentile. It's tight. Why does end. he suck? <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. So flip him around, put him at defensive end, let him use those arms, get you know, and get to the quarterback or stick him up and knock a pass down. Something. 
Cal, that's a fantastic one. I that <laughs> one did not come to my mind. I, I mean, yeah, he, if he doesn't do it this year as a tight end, I think if he converts to a defense, you you need to make sure you put that out there on Twitter because you that is a, a fantastic call. Uh, I, I could see it honestly. Uh, Addison, which one's your pick? Man, I went more superstar uh, than Cal did, uh, <laughs> just because I think it'd be more fun than ultimate functionality. But like, can you imagine if? DK Metcalf switched to like strong safety or free safety and was like literally like the next uh, Seattle Seahawks, like Cam, Cam Chancellor, Chancellor and yeah. just like ran around all over the place at six foot four with like a four, three forty and just like cracks everybody. That mm-hmm. would be it. That would, that, I think that would a hundred percent be it. And he I mean, could, yeah, if he, he catches an interception, he just like runs over everybody and runs past all the other <laughs> players on the offense like that. <laughs> I think he that'd be really fun. Cap as a safety, that that would actually be a sight to see too. I mean, he's big enough to be a safety. I mean, he could, God. I mean, imagine he, like if he creeps up into the box and he's like staring down like the left tackle or something like that. Like I just, mm. that would be horrible. <laughs> or he really know he has the speed to chase anybody down in case they beat him in coverage. So. Uh, yeah. That alone would be really worth it if he's a safety on the back end and catch up. If someone like if he slips and looks deep too long at the quarterback, go back and get. I think it's a great call as well. Johnny, who's your pick? I got um, Julio Jones. I think he's the only receiver who actually has like a mixtape put together mm-hmm. of his quote unquote defensive highlights where he's breaking up would be interceptions and stuff. So I think that <laughs> would be that on fantastic. YouTube? Yeah, look it up. Mm-hmm. I also. Just want to say there needs to be more like defensive tackles running it in at the goal line. I think like an Aaron Donald or something would be fun. Just just like the old old Chicago Bears, the fridge guy running it in. Just goal line carry should only go to defensive tackles. That should be like a, a thing the NFL makes a rule. <laughs> yeah, if it's within a yard, you got to give it to the biggest man on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty entertaining. Mine's definitely boring. I, I said Patrick Peterson in his prime being a wide receiver. Mm. Because people say he's the most athletic quarter cornerback they've ever played against. So if you can imagine him on the other side of the ball and him actually being able to make the cuts to where he wants to go, I feel like that could have been something special too. So uh, I'm glad I went last because you guys definitely stole the show with your answers. Great answers. <laughs> and we are now going to move into the last segment of the night, which is going to be the game of the week. All right. David, so, before you get into the game of the week, I looked it up. It's called Julio Jones playing defense compilation, insane athleticism and hustle. And it's three and a half minutes long. <laughs> like it's not two plays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that Julio Jones, I mean, maybe he can uh, make a late season switch in his career to like a safety when he's too slow to uh, be wide receiver. <laughs> Who knows? Wasn't so, he always out there on defense when like the Falcons mm-hmm. were playing against like a Hail Mary? Like he was like the middle deep guy that the Falcons already always put out for, there. For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our game this week got a fun one. I don't always come up with them. And this is one of those weeks where I had to get a little assist. And this one is called the NFL logo challenge. And I'll give a shout out who created the game. This is on Twitter. I believe it is. From JK Trivia. So how this is going to work, the NFL logo challenge is I have, I think it's 10, where I'm going to slash uh, this is either logo A or logo B. 
and you guys have to tell me which one is the correct logo okay oh no this is such a clickbait like facebook <laughs> ad thing uh, which logo is correct 90 percent failed this test if yeah, you exactly read this title. you're a that's certified title, yeah. genius <laughs> so there are some easy ones there are some hard ones so how we're going to do this is i'll like say johnny what's your answer cal and then addison then the next one i'll start with cal so that way everybody gets a chance to start off first you get one point if you get it correct and then you get two points if you can tell me the difference. Okay. Mm. That's will be how we can make sure that we differ the scores here. Now I'm math was my worst subject in school. So please keep track of your own scores. And uh, I, I believe there's 10. So let's uh, you guys ready to go. Ready. Yeah. I'm All sitting right. up in my seat. Like I'm playing for Madden. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not, they don't always be easier or medium or hard. So first oh one, God. Is everybody under, already got their yeah. answer locked in? Yeah, so you I can, can pause it. Skip the timer here. So, all right, Johnny, you're first. Which one is the correct one? It's the left one. And what do you mean by like spot the difference? I mean, the difference is it's different. What do I you mean? mean? What, what specifically is different? <laughs> the lettering. There you go. There you go. That's all you have to do. Uh, Cal, what about you? Yeah, same. Um, yeah, the one on the right looks too bubbly. If that's the right, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And then, Addison, I'm assuming the same for you as well. Yeah, does the right one look like it's not as like oblong? Does it look like hmm. fatter in the middle? It's just like, like the lettering, pretty the much. Just optical. Optical. I, I think the shape is the same, but yeah. All right, number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You better get this, Addison. <laughs> <laughs> Hold right, on, Addison, wait. Uh, Cal, you start this one off. Which one is the correct one? <laughs> I think it's the one on the right. I'm pretty sure the yellow is on top. <laughs> I actually couldn't see the difference at first. I thought I was looking at the same picture. <laughs> I hope I got that right. Addison, Addison which one? Uh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I agree with Cal. The yellow one's on top. Johnny? that The right one looks right to me. For the same reason, the yellow on top? Yeah. I mean, that's the only difference, David. <laughs> you guys are correct. Or you guys are all correct. That is the right one. <laughs> all right. The Oakland Raiders, or now the Vegas Raiders. Johnny, if you get this one wrong, I'm very disappointed in you. But we're starting off with Addison. Which one's the correct one? The right one is the one on the left because it has the, they both have the handle guard things. Yeah. So which one's the correct one? The one on the left. And because you uh, said uh, the handle. Both swords have the handle guard things. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Johnny? The, the one on the left. <laughs> Same reason? Yeah, I, yeah. At first, I thought maybe the lettering was different. I didn't notice the missing handle on the right one. <laughs> well, that's where Addison gave you the assist there. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Cal, same. Same one for me. It looks like you can almost tell that they cut it off there. You guys are all perfect so far. You each have six points. So now, ninety percent. Oh no! There, these are ones that are a little harder. They're actually harder, I think, than the hard ones. Not this one particularly, but they they do a few. Okay, so do you guys have all your answers locked in here? Yep. All right, Johnny. Left. Because I don't think they have like a second star. Okay. Cal. Same. Addison. I yeah. It's yeah. All right. Well, you guys are all have eight points oh, to good. start out. Ooh. I was really waiting for that to be like a trick. <laughs> Me too. Uh, well, here we go. Ooh. Which one is correct? Oh, I have to lead this one. Oh no. <laughs> What is the difference? I, I, actually I just had to need someone to I, shout out the difference to me, and then I'll figure it out. I had to look in the YouTube right. comments for this one. There were there oh were gosh. three of them that I couldn't see right away. They so. look 
identical to well there's okay. three differences I, I see the difference now um, there's one difference all right cal oh, you okay. might if you found it you're gonna save them because they'll probably ride your coattail on no this i think i know okay so cal oh, you need it i don't off. know which, which one's one is correct it? I, um i'm gonna say the right the one on the right is correct because the one on the left that little middle part coming up from the eye the black part i don't think that looks correct to me okay addison I I was that gonna say exactly the opposite the answer that, that exactly because the because the lines are longer in the middle. That looked right to me. Will this put Crap. like a big red circle around the difference? <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you where it is. Don't worry. So we asked oh no 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 Cal, Cal is right. I'm looking at it again and I'm like, no, that's not right. Cal is right. So you're going with the one on the right because yeah. of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need a higher def computer or something because they look the same to me. I'll just go left just to be different. All right. The correct answer is the one on the right oh, for the exact the reason that Cal pointed out the eye. You notice, Johnny, the eye black thing right here only stops here on the left. It goes way up. Oh, here. all the way. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so they should switch to the left one. What about the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens? <laughs> this was another hard one. Oh, man. Oh, crap. I'm leading off. All right. Oh. Oh, oh, I spotted crap. the difference. Which one is it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if you don't see it, you at least have a 50 50 chance of guessing which one. I do is. see, I do see the difference. The difference is there's like an extra black feather above his eye. But is it an extra or is it the mm. correct one? Is it extra? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or is it the right one and the other one is missing it? Um, I. I think the one on the left is right for the for the having the three things by the eye. Yeah, the three the three on the eye. I'm gonna go with that one, Johnny. I think the left one too because it looks like it wants to be more intimidating than the one on the right, which kind of looks like like oh, it's just a cute little raven. Is that, is that your reasoning? Because it looks more intimidating. <laughs> yeah, the extra feather makes it look a okay. See so the same like reason. Angry. The same like reason. Okay, and Cal. I also think it's left, and I think I'm picking up on some of their uh, Photoshop tendencies, so I think it's the one on the left. <laughs> <laughs> so the correct answer is... Let's see. The one on the left for the exact reason that Addison laid out there. So it has the extra one up top there. So we have a couple more left here. Right now, Johnny is down by two, and Cal and Addison, you guys are tied. I'm sure you don't need the full time on this one leading off Johnny. Which one is it? Right. Because? The coloring of the headband. Helmet. Cal, <laughs> yeah, same. Addison, yeah, th this is this shouldn't be in the hard category. Yeah, this I know. I, I don't know why they're here. <laughs> yeah, that was easier than the, the raven. The two and the birds, the, yeah, the bird ones were way harder. Way harder. Right. Now we have Air a hard bird one again. Arizona Cardinals, Cal, you're leading this one off. Oh gosh. Um. Whew. Obviously, the eye is the is what's different. Um. Oh man, I want to. I'm gonna say it's the one. I'm gonna say it's the one on the left. The one on the left. All right, Addison. Oh man, that was the one I was gonna pick. Yep, left one. Same reasoning. Yeah, yeah. There's no iris or people or whatever that part of the eye is. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, That's a, the one on the left because the, the one on the right has an extra like iris at that point. Like, yeah, we already oh, have like his people true. there. You guys are all correct for the right scientifically, reason. Scientifically, it wouldn't make any sense. I believe there's <laughs> two more. 
Ooh. Wait, this is mine again? Crap. Yeah, good yeah. luck, Addison. Oh, oh, uh, it's the one on the right because the tongue is colored blue. Johnny? Yeah, totally. Totally right. Cal? Yeah. You guys are all correct with 90 this 90% fail this? Well, you have to get all of them. I believe this might be the last one. There might be one more after this. This is another one I struggled with. Ooh. Ooh. And Johnny, you're leading this one off. I'll go left. You're going to go left. Any reasoning or just the, for the, the one football point? color just looks more what I remember the football color being. Okay. Cal? I'm going to also say left for two reasons. One, because of the color of the football, but also I'm guaranteed to finish ahead of Johnny if I just pick the same one. He <laughs> Addison? All right, I'm going to play the game, Cal. Uh, if I get the one on the right right, I beat both of y'all. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I'm going to choose the one on the right because I think I think that the red the reds look deeper in that one. So I'm going to go with that one. But if the you're wrong, answer, I win. The correct That's answer right. is yeah. the one on the left, Dang the it. lighter color is the <laughs> reasoning. The lighter football, the lighter flag, than the deeper colors here. Was there a bonus one? There might be one more, but I think it's an easy one if I remember correctly. I think there's oh, one more. Okay. No, no, that's nice. it. So at the buzzer, at the buzzer, to win the game, I've unplugged my soundboard, so I can't give you the cheer, Cal. But oh. you do get the dub on the debut 1-0 on the triple play game show portion of the show. <laughs> I'm going to give you the cheers that I can't give you right now. But on that note, I want to sign you guys both out of here. First, Cal, and then Addison. Uh, both of you guys do amazing stuff. We really appreciate you guys joining the show. Can you please let our audience know all the stuff you're doing, where they can find you, and any cool stuff you've got in the works? I will start by just saying, like, make sure to go check out everything Addison is doing. It is really hard to do, like, solo videos, and Addison does them and does them so well. Like, I remember he asked for us to do something for the draft, or no, for the wide receivers, and I had to do a solo video for that. I hated it. I hated everything about it. I don't ever want to do it again, but he does it every day. (laughs) It was a two-minute video I asked you to do. I hated it. It was awful. (laughs) I'm much proud of this, like, you know, being able to talk to other people. And, yeah, so Addison is great. Make sure you're following him and and watching his work on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I can tell just from our first interaction, he's an amazing follower, an amazing guy, an amazing YouTube artist. So uh, you definitely need to do that. But I'll let the man speak for himself and what what he wants you guys to know, obviously. So go ahead, Addison. You go ahead and plug everything as well. Uh, also, please follow the DLF YouTube channel. Like I said, that that's my baby. But Cal is on there as well every Tuesday night doing the Ask DLF show with Tyler Carp, which is absolutely fantastic. He, they answer every single question, every single one of them. And if they don't have any questions, you know, from the chat, which is like a zero percent possibility because that chat is awesome. They have backlog questions to, you know, to answer other questions that were asked previously as well. So, you know, that that show in and of itself is fantastic. I had to guest on it once uh, for Cal. Uh, so it was me and Carp that did four hours. And I have no idea. You you think what I do is hard. A solo video for 10 minutes is hard. <laughs> You're sitting and answering questions in a live stream AMA style chat for four hours. That is absolutely it was insane. I was I was sore. I was tired. 
that was way <laughs> that was way too much that I that I thought I'd do. And you do it every single week. So you were subscribe sore? to DLF for Cal. Yeah, dude. How are you sore? I don't know. Maybe my chair's not all that comfortable, <laughs> but I'm like sitting here in the same position for four hours. I think you did it wrong. If you were sore. <laughs> I don't well, know, but I don't want to do it every up, week. If I'm picking up anything from these two, they both complement each other really well. And that's what makes DLF so great. They have everybody that has their strengths and their weaknesses, but they combine together to give you some of the best content out there. So if you haven't checked out DLF, you haven't checked these guys out, make sure you rectify that and do so. Subscribe to their YouTube channel, their Twitter handles, watch all the content they put out. Yeah, it's all great stuff. But for everybody that tunes into Triple Play each week, we appreciate whether you watch us, you listen to the podcast, however you consume the content, all appreciated. Make sure you tune in next week as we'll be doing one final mock draft episode before the season gets underway with a bunch of our friends from Twitter. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Go draft the best Don't ball. And we're going to make like a red truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys <laughs> in the next one.